From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. And I say warm yourself by the fire. We have a cold one uh, up here uh, in these here parts. And uh, because of icy road conditions, uh, I am doing the show from my home studio. Uh, so there will be no live YouTube stream, no live YouTube stream uh, this evening. However, we will post the show to the YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. It'll take a few days. And then uh, once we post it, or rather Ryan White posts that, uh, we'll insert uh, some uh, some images, some JPEG images that my guest has sent along, uh, because he'll be referring to those in uh, in this first hour. All will make sense as the uh, the hour progresses, my friends. Let me give you a heads up. Coming up in the second hour, our dear friend Rosemary Ellen Guiley, paranormal investigator researcher, will be here. She joins us, of course. At this time every month and she'll join us for the full hour and she has a new book she's co-authored with the travel psychologist Michael Bryan and the book is The Road to Strange UFOs, Aliens and High Strangeness. That's coming up in the second hour. Uh, this first hour, I'm looking forward to this. This is fascinating. You know, uh, we take water for granted. We open up the taps and we drink it and we splash it around. We do the dishes, but Truth be told, we really don't know much about water. Well, at least I don't. Probably most of you don't. My guest uh, knows quite a bit more, and he's going to tell us some things about water we have. It's just, it's incredible. Water seems to have an intelligence. It seems to have a memory. And it has, uh, by all accounts, miraculous healing properties. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, an inventor, He's got over 20 patents uh, to his name. He's founded over five companies. He was the youngest recipient of the National Science Foundation grant at the age of 16. My word, 16. I was still wetting the bed. Well, not quite, but you get the point. Uh, and uh, just a, a remarkable uh, gentleman. And uh, under the uh, the mentorship of a Dr. Rostrum Roy at the Arizona State and Penn State Universities, he perfected the state of water with his latest patented invention. And it's uh, it's been researched by a colleague, Dr. Gerald, Gerald Pollack, who concluded this water to have the highest easy water signature he's ever seen. And we'll explain what easy water is. It's also highly energetic. It's deuterium depleted and oxygenated at 102%. And uh, I just received a uh, a sample in the mail the other day, and I've got a bottle sitting right here with me. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called Davinia, world's only pure, balanced, oxygenated, light, cellular water. And a little later, we'll meet one of his clients, a veteran of the United States Air Force who suffered uh, radiation sickness after a plutonium leak at a uh, national laboratory, the Idaho National Laboratory, back in 
2011. And this water may well have saved his life. But first, let's get the, uh, the aforementioned inventor in, the, in here, uh, Stephen Settlemeyer. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Thank you very much, Richard. I love that introduction. Um, can I take it for my family? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was lovely. Thank you. Well, when I said we don't know much about water, I wasn't kidding, right? No, you were not kidding. There's um, what you know. Going back to biblical times, there's a reason why water was holy and is holy, and. Going further back, if you want to go back to the age of dinosaurs, there's a real question, why Why were those animals so much larger than they are today? And and one of the very big hints is it was the water. Uh, you know, water was a different form than it was today, and everybody takes for granted that water is the same as when water first showed up on the earth to what we drink now, and that could be further from the truth. The water that uh, it, that is everywhere, uh, the water that comes out of your tap. How is that different than the water that's in our the water that's in our bodies that surrounds our cells? How does it differ? Well, first, the the water that comes out of the tap. Of course, there is no good tap water anymore. Um, it's been fluorinated, chlorinated, polluted. It has endocrines in it. It now has nanoplastics in it. It has radiation in it. It has almost every type of contamination that there is. And so there just isn't any good water on the face of the earth anymore. And I don't care where you go. It's all been nucleated and radiated and everything else. And when we first did this, we started looking at water because this water that I had invented or came up with was so radical than the water that we drank. One of the researches that to Dr. Pollock, and Dr. Pollock had found out that when water enters into your body and it's in the plasma system, in the blood system, that it actually changes its nuclear structure slightly. It, it likes to have more of a charge distribution around the cell than than other water does. And the reason is is because that water when it changes itself and it changes its its um, electronic structure is that it gives it a charge. So water in your bat water in your body acts very much like a battery. And that explains why you can only live a couple days drinking water, but you can go for 30 or 40 days without eating food. The, the water is the battery. It's the same battery that starts, you know, the engine in your car. Well, that water in your body actually is the start for all the chemical reactions in your body. And when that runs down, when there's no more charge, it's been used up, your cells start dying, then your, all your, your liver dies, your kidney dies, that way you get foggy. That's what dehydration is. You don't have enough water to do the chemical reactions. It's that simple. The moment it's you the moment you take a sip of water then, does that water's 
structure change or does it take time? The, the moment you introduce that water from outside into your system, does your body work its magic and change its, its structure, its viscosity and so forth, its density? No, it does not. It, it takes a while. It has to get in your blood plasma to do that. What happens is around any hydrophilic surface, hydrophilic meaning water-loving surface, it does this change, but that change is only about 377 millionths of an inch change where it changes its electronic structure to become a battery. So the, the bulk water that you drink doesn't do that until it gets into your plasma system, into your blood system. And when it does it and it surrounds the cells, uh, you know, the cells are inundated by your blood plasma. When that happens, then it changes. And, and, and you, so, know, you just hit on a very good point, too. There's a big question about what is hydration. And I've gone to water conferences and spoke to many scientists and, and doctors and everything else and had them try to define hydration. And you see all these claims about water hydrates and this type of water will hydrate or that type of water hydrate. And what I found out just actually within the past month, my definition of what hydration is, did you know that if you take a red blood cell and you put it into pure water, distilled water, that red blood cell will blow up. It'll blow say, up. It will blow up because it will absorb so much water. It'll just keep getting bigger and bigger until it blows up. Well, it turns out, that that led me down the path of of trying to figure out what was hydration, and it turns out to be a very simple simple medical concept that's been in front of us for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, and no one could answer it. Do you know what osmolality is in your blood plasma? I do not. Okay, in your blood plasma, of course, you have cells, and cells are swimming around and your liver and kidney and your whole body is made up of blood or of cells. And then you have the plasma which flows through, which is water plus solutes, salts, enzymes, hormones, everything like that to swim in this, this, this conduit of blood. Well, there's an equilibrium between the amount of solutes or the stuff that's in water and the inter- interior of the blood of the cell. I'm sorry. So there's an equilibrium, it's osmosis, some water flows in, some water flows out with that stuff, and it balances itself. Well, when you drink pure water, when you drink good water, what happens is you lower the osmolality of your bloodstream. And when that does, there's a basic concept that water flows from low osmolality to high osmolality. That's kind of the concept of reverse osmosis. I think you've probably heard that. Right, That's sure. we clean water. Yes. But the same type of thing happens in your body. And so whenever you lower, by drinking pure water, you have more water and you have less solute, that ratio. What that does is that makes water go into your blood cells. And when more water is in the blood cells, it tries to balance itself out by excreting the toxins that are in there so they can filter it, plus the salts and enzymes and stuff, so there's a balance. 
So every time you drink good, pure water, you hydrate yourself, and that causes more of this easy water to occur. You have more water in there. You have a better chance of creating this battery, and it makes you healthier. When you drink unpure water, when you drink alkaline water, which has a lot of solutes in it, what happens is it raises the osmolality of your blood, which causes the water to flow out of the cell into the bloodstream, dehydrating you. Same reason why runners dehydrate or athletes dehydrate. What they do All right, Stephen, I gotta, I have to jump in. That music is coming up. Means we've got to fly away to a break. We'll come right back. Continue to discuss pure water, clean water, divinia water, how you make it, how it can heal us. Back with more in a moment, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Stephen Settlemeyer is with us, and we are talking about, uh, well, it's Divinia Water, the world's only pure, balanced, oxygenated, light cellular water. In uh, a few minutes, we'll bring in Ralph Stanton, a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, who was exposed uh, to an uncontrolled release of plutonium while he was working at the Idaho National Laboratory and uh, consequently suffered numerous health issues. And uh, then he crossed paths with Stephen Settlemeyer and his water, and we'll tell you what happened. Um, so a water molecule, uh, two hydrogen, one oxygen, H2O. Um, are we talking, is this the water that's inside your body? And then I want to talk to you about how your water is 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 made uh, or created. But the, the, the water that you've been describing in our, in our body that surrounds our cells, that uh, uh, is inside our cells, uh, is that a different phase of water? Does it have more hydrogen or more oxygen? Actually, it doesn't have that. It's just that, like you said, there's two hydrogens and one oxygen. And how those interact, how, how they bond together, is very important. If I can give you an analogy, let's say there's a hockey game, and all of a sudden everybody comes together in one place, and they bond together, right? They're rooting for their team. And then all of a sudden they the game's over and they leave and they go spread out again. But that's kind of what water does. Water is a very social animal, and it makes bonds for a very short time, like a trillionth of a second to a millionth of a second, then it breaks up and it leaves again. But while it's making that those bonds, it's a very tight bond. It's like you're in there rooting for your favorite hockey team and, and they're doing good and everybody's happy and going in the right direction. Then when the game's over, everybody leaves and goes back to their own place again. But that's what water does, but on a very fast trillions of a second type of, of time domain. So when it does also, if if we also say when you're sitting right next to another person in the hockey game, you know, you can touch them and yell and pat each other on the back, that indicates a very strong bond. Now, if those those seats were about six feet apart, you would still feel a bond. You'd look over and wave at the guy and say, yeah, you know, and that sort of stuff. 
but that bond wouldn't be as close. You you wouldn't be as as close. So water, when it gets into a cell, it changes itself and it becomes what I might call looser. What that means is that the hydrogen and oxygen tend to want to be able to break apart easier. And because they can break apart easier, then you have an oxygen. Of course, oxygen is known as an oxidizer. That's what they use in the rockets. Of course, you have to have oxygen to have fire. That's a chemical reaction. And you also have hydrogen. And as you know, hydrogen is very combustible. It carries a lot of energy. So water actually carries a potential lot of energy. And it has the oxygen to make that, you know, the oxidize to make things happen in your body. And obviously we need oxygen to live and to do chemical reactions. So when that water gets in your body and it gets around a cell, it kind of rearranges itself so that it can make the oxygen and the hydrogen more bioavailable. All right. To do the chemical reactions. That that's what it's really doing. That's a great analogy because you're speaking to a Canuck hockey. Uh, yeah. uh, I, very quickly, just because you know we need uh, far more time, and and we'll revisit this again. I'll have you back on, but let me ask you how your and I'm looking at a bottle right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up, and uh, I'm gonna try to open it up. Boy, that's that's really sealed. I'll have to do that later during the break. Uh, but uh, I mean, how, how is your water? Created? How, how is Divinia water made? Uh, the first thing we do is we purify it 16 times. So we, we purify it to the point where it's a medical grade water. In fact, it's above medical grade water. Then we run it through a distiller machine to actually distill the water after that. So everything, you would think everything is gone after that. Except now, as I sent you one of these pieces of pictures I showed you, there's now nanoplastics in our water. And I'm talking about nano-nanoplastics. And everybody's now drinking plastics no matter what. I don't care where your water comes from, you're drinking nanoplastics. Uh, even if it's spring water. Even if it's, is, even if it's spring water coming from deep within the bowels of the water, earth? Okay. It, it makes no difference where the water comes from. They found, you know, close to 98% of the people in the world are drinking nanoplastics, period. So that means somehow you're building plastics up in your body all the time. So what we do after we've purified it 16 times, distill it, we then run it through another device, which is a distiller, but it's also a resident chamber. That is, it resonates at the frequency of the OH stretch bond. Now, remember I talked to you about, you about hydrogen and the oxygen, and the distance that those two guys are close together is called their stretch bond. So there's a distance between the oxygen and the hydrogen that are bound together. Just like if you're in a hockey arena, if the seats are close together, they're tightly bound but if the seats are six feet apart, uh, they're not so tightly bound, right? Right, right. So so what we do is we put energy into that bond and we stretch it. 
and we make the oxygen and hydrogen still want to root for each other or root for the team for each other, but they're stretched. They're six feet apart so that uh, if, let's say, a pretty girl comes in between those two guys, there's going to be competition for it, right? <laughs> so um, now the oxygen and the, the hydrogen molecules are in an open relationship. Is that what you're telling yes. me? <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> I don't That's approve. <laughs> <laughs> and and so and for the girls, if there's two girls rooting and a good looking guy comes in between, okay, so not to you know, be equal here. All right. So what happens is that if if uh that oxygen and hydrogen, if either one of them sees something that's more attractive to them, they want to go do that. So they're they're in a very open, loose relationship. So the oxygen says, oh, I've got to go over to this amino acid and make it into another amino acid. And the hydrogen says, well, I've got to supply energy for it. That's what happens. And it's very loose. In fact, when we did the testing on this, we went to a materials science lab at Penn State under Dr. Russ and Roy. And we looked at it on the nuclear level. And we looked at the bonds and how tight the bonds were, and we found out the bonds in our water has the amount of energy in it that steam does, but at room temperature, or our water's at room temperature. If you heated water up to steam, of course, it'll burn you, but it makes chemical reactions go a lot faster. That's how much energy is in our water. Hmm. So at room temperature, we have a lot of energy in that. That's why when we tested concrete, we found out that it would cure concrete in four days instead of 28 days, and it so it cures seven times faster. And on top of it, it cures almost twice as strong. And we did other tests with wine and, and beer and uh, vodka and everything. We burned it in a gasoline engine. We could run... Uh, 80% water, 20% gasoline, and run it just as efficiently. So it has a lot of energy in it. That's also why we bottle it in that glass, because if we bottle it in plastic, it will actually dissolve plastic. Oh, my word. So, Is that so why I'm having such a hard it. time trying to open it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, I've, <laughs> no, I've opened it. That is it. the reason. Right. We, we want to make sure that those caps are good so no one can... Open it and play around with it. And how how am but, I? How does one consume this water? Just you just drink the entire bottle straight down. You don't you don't pour it in a glass. You just drink it right out of the bottle, no, one bottle at a just, time. Yeah, people will drink anywhere from four to eight bottles a day of that. And after they, it, one of the things I don't know if you've got it open. If I do, and I just took a sip. Now, I'm sorry. I've opened it and I've taken a sip. Okay. That's, and it has no aftertaste, does it? Zero. No, it's just wet. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just wet <laughs> and no, 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 no taste. Try smelling it, Richard. See if you can smell anything in it. I don't. You, you're right, you don't. After you drink this bottle, if you get a chance, go to a, your tap and smell it. <laughs> Right. We have people okay. so sensitive to this, to water. People are so sensitive that people can tell if where it was bottled at, if someone had perfume in the room at that time when it was bottled. Interesting. We have people 
so sensitive that the, we had one gal down in Florida that was allergic to water, and she could not drink water, so she got IVs all the time. I had no idea that was even water, possible. Started drinking our water, and she was fine. Okay, but uh, let's face it. I mean, how it's not how practical is it for people to only drink this water? I mean, that would be cost prohibitive. Is there not a way that you could that we could use this technology at the city's drinking uh, or at the the water uh, uh, plant uh, and send this out and have this coming through all of our taps? Is that possible? The answer, unfortunately, is no. Because there is so many problems between where the water is cleaned at the at the central city or at the central plant to where you get in your tap. Um, you know, there's lead pipes, as you probably know. Uh, there's plastic pipes. There's roots growing in there. Uh, you know, there, there's just too many problems along the way. You really do have to just drink it out of the bottle. Now, it's expensive because of the shipping right now. Our major goal is to open these plants up in all the major cities, so you will be able to buy this at a very reasonable cost. Right. You'll be able to right. drink it all the time. Most of the people right now that are drinking it are have health problems or they don't want to have health problems. Uh, if someone has health problems, problems, give me a kind of a laundry list of things that uh, Divinia Water can, can um, I mean, obviously we can't make claims that it heals this or it heals that, but w- anecdotally, what are people saying about Divinia Water, people who have health issues? Okay, and uh, thank you for making that clear that I can make no FDA claims and I am not making any claims whatsoever. On relating this some 30-party uh, anecdotal responses that we've seen back to us, but a lot of people that have had kidney problems or have been on kidney transplants to receive new kidneys have returned back to health. People who have had liver problems that were on a liver transplant returned back to health. People who had hepatitis C returned back to health. Uh, people who were depressed that had uh, suicidal tendencies, uh, that cleared up for them. Um, Parkinson's, we've got several people that have had Parkinson's that uh, can't function no matter what, no matter what medicine they get. When they drink this on a regular basis, um, they're totally functional again. Um, We've had people with some cancer problems that, and whether they're fighting the cancer or whether they've gotten chemotherapy and they have side effects from the chemotherapy, it has totally and uh, almost completely eliminated the side effects of chemotherapy and have reduced a lot of cancers. Very quickly, uh, because we're heading into a break, uh, Stephen, how, how, how much water do you have to consume in order to see these health benefits? Usually people drink four to eight bottles a day and they see some health benefits within two weeks. Interesting. All right, we'll take a quick time out, come back. Uh, Stephen Settlemeyer, DiviniaWater.com, D-I-V-I-N-I-A, D-I-V-I-N-I-A, DiviniaWater.com. We'll also meet Ralph Stanton, 
U.S. Air Force veteran exposed to plutonium uh, who has quite a story to tell. We'll come back and uh, do just that in mere moments. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. We are talking about water. Uh, it is miraculous. Uh, no question about that. Uh, Stephen Saddlemyer is with us, DaviniaWater.com. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, as we're talking about this, all the references to the living waters in the Bible. Uh, a Song of Solomon, a garden fountain, a well of living water and flowing streams from Lebanon. I think it is in John. Uh, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Uh, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of this heart will flow rivers of living water. Uh, is that what you're trying to create here, Stephen, the living waters of the Bible? Yes. I, unequivocally, yes. You know, the Bible said water will cure, and water's been holy since the beginning of man. Uh, the Garden of Eden, there was the spring in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Jesus talked about being baptized all the time. John the Baptist had to baptize Jesus. Yes. Unequivocally, yes. And I'm uh, not trying to create it. I, I, I will say that this was given to me. Um, I didn't know what I was creating. I was trying to make pure water for my wife. Uh, because the water that we were drinking was not doing us very good, and we had a commercial distiller, and it broke 30 times over three years, and and uh, I, I I was the same as almost every other person on the face of the earth that water is water, and until I started delving into this, finding out that water is very different, uh, I had no clue to it whatsoever, and this has totally opened up my eyes. I want, I want to point out, too, just to establish your bona fides, you're no sort of backyard tinkerer uh, who's, you know, who's doing this, this basement full-time. I mean, you uh, you invented fiber-optic television. This is the, the forerunner or the predecessor, I should say, to high-definition television. You invented fiber-optic television. I mean, you are uh, you're a world-class inventor. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I will admit that uh, I helped with the Viking lander, the stuff that's on Mars up there. Uh, I was a rocket scientist when I was 16, 17 years old, did theoretical mathematics, and I was the first person ever to produce high-def TV of over a million pixels in the world. And uh, my, even my current, the, the patents that uh, led to that are also the current patents that are being used for the flat-screen TVs. In fact, in 1985-84, I predicted that screens would be four foot in diameter and that you would be an inch or half an inch thick and weigh 50 pounds, and you would hang them on the wall just like a picture. And I was uh, run over the barrel over that. But all of the uh, hearings that were in front of Congress were based upon my patents and whether we should ever get into high def TV or not. All right. Yes, I, I think we've established your your bona fides. So now you've turned your energy to water. 
Uh, now, this is a short segment, so I got a couple of quick rapid-fire questions, and then when we come back, we're going to bring Ralph Stanton in here. Uh, does water have intelligence? Yes, but let me caveat that. It has a lot of intelligence, but not like you and I think think um, cognizant intelligence. It has kind of a static intelligence, but that has to do with what I was telling you about the bonds and the stretching of the OH. It remembers that something caused that. It, it will go into a permanent state. Um, so that it kind of distorts, and that distortion is what is the memory. Now, is it intelligent? Yes, it knows that if it's longer, if the bonds are longer, it's easier to do a chemical reactions. If the bonds are tighter, then it knows it's harder to do it, or it is harder to do it. So it has this innate ability to be able to reconfigure itself to do chemical reactions. So in that sense, it is very smart. Uh, where, where do you stand on the, the work of the late Masaru Emoto, the, the idea that, that human consciousness has an effect on the molecular structure of water? Um, that is part of what I told you about the very quick um, structuring of water or the, the arrangement of water. Um, I know, I'm very familiar with that test, and I know his son also. And we speak every now and then every year at a water conference. And um, I, I'm not quite – yes, it does. Uh, let me tell you a great story about that. Dr. Russell Roy did a, a test where he had a monk in Russia pray over a beaker of water in his labs at Penn State and they arranged it via satellite. The second, the millisecond that that monk started praying, the water in his lab changed. And the monk kept chanting and praying over the water. And then when he stopped, that water went back to normal again. So I totally believe that human consciousness or vibrations can change water. The question is, how long does it stay? Ah, interesting. Quick question uh, before the break, and that is university studies. Have they, have there been, for example, peer-reviewed studies on your water? Yes, there have been, and they've been published, uh, peer-reviewed. Now, interesting, we are going to start looking at doing medical clinical trials that prove uh, what I say about this water being able to help the bodily functions. And we will be the only water on the face of the earth that could ever medically claim and prove that this water does what we say it's going to do. There's that music. We'll come back. Stephen Settlemeyer, DivinyaWater.com. The living waters, perhaps. Back with more in a moment. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. From Zoomer Radio. Uh, Stephen Settlemeyer is the CEO of Divinia Water, DiviniaWater.com, D-I-V-I-N-I-A, D-I-V-I-N-I-A.com, or sorry, DiviniaWater.com, uh, and his water uh, is said to have the highest easy water signature, and it is also highly energetic. 
It is deuterium depleted and oxygenated at 102%. And uh, he uh, is joining us from uh, Idaho. Now, let's bring in Ralph Stanton. Uh, Ralph is a veteran of the United States Air Force. He served in the Gulf War in 1990. And uh, in 2003, Ralph was hired as a security guard for the Idaho National Laboratory. Uh, then in 2011, Ralph, along with 16 of his colleagues, were exposed to an uncontrolled release of plutonium while working on site at the INL. And after the accident, Ralph faced numerous health issues and legal battles and uh, felt his his and his family's lives were destroyed. And then, of course... He crossed paths with Stephen Settlemeyer. Ralph Stanton, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thanks for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Richard. Thanks for having me. So uh, I gave sort of the thumbnail sketch there, the uh, the plutonium exposure. Just tell me a little bit about that. How did, What happened exactly? Well, uh, first of all, I was hired as a security guard, but uh, in 2007, I was rehired as a nuclear facility operator at the uh, Zipper uh, facility, which houses uh, metric tons of uh, weapons-grade uh, plutonium uh, and also uranium-235. And so uh, the day that I was exposed, I was exposed with 16 others. We uh, brought in some plutonium plates, opened them up inside the work hood, and the work hood looks a lot like a salad bar, which um, is vented uh, with exhaust ventilation, kind of sucks it through the back, uh, through ventilation, kind of like a vacuum. And uh, anyway, we put the plates in there, and then we opened up a, what is called a clamshell. It's about a, a 6 by 12, two pieces of metal that... Uh, that uh, screw together, and inside those, uh, there are plutonium plates about the size of a Hershey candy bar. And uh, if you think about the chocolate as being the plutonium and the wrapping being the stainless steel cladding, you can kind of visualize uh, what it might look like. So it right. looks like a stainless steel candy bar. So anyway... And the ventilation the, system was not working properly, or how did the exposure occur? Well, the ventilation system had not been working properly for up to a year. And then on top of that, they took out uh, the contamination alarm that hadn't been working. They took that out uh, due to the cost of uh, replacement. And then... Uh, Unbeknownst to us, they had uh, the plutonium plates. Uh, they were warned almost three years prior to this accident that the uh, plates were defective and uh, warned against the exact same scenario that happened to us by the independent review safety chairman. Who oh, my. We, just before. We could, we could so do a whole anyway, two-hour show just on this. What, we could that, do it Sorry, Ralph. We could do a full two-hour show just on this, but unfortunately, I just have a few moments. Yeah. What is so? Give me a so after the exposure. Uh, what sort of uh, uh, ill health did you suffer? Uh, I suffered radiation poisoning, uh, uh, acute radiation syndrome, vomiting, nausea, diarrhea. Uh, my lymphocyte 
which is the white blood cells, were down uh, to just under 50% of their normal levels. Uh, you know, so I was I was pretty sick for a little while there. And um, as time went on, I uh, just got, uh, got sicker, started uh, having nosebleeds, uh, just wasn't feeling well at all. And then my wife um, finally said, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to take you to the doctor. We're going to get uh, some tests done and see what's going on with you. And uh, they, they ran a bunch of blood work on me, and uh, they came back and said that uh, my uh, liver... My kidneys were uh, uh, not fun. They were failing, and my bone marrow, they, they were all full of uh, this heavy metal. And uh, anyway, Is it fair to say you were dying? What's that? Is it fair to say that you were dying? Well, they did not say that. They told me that they were going to keep me as healthy as they could for as long as they could. I don't think right. that they ever... You know, they never told me I was dying, but that's exact. That's their exact words. Uh, so my liver, my kidneys were uh, in the beginning stages of failure, and um, basically, we're always taught that once the radionuclides, once they uh, get into your liver, get into your kidneys, get into your bone marrow. Uh, there's no medical way uh, that is known to get them out. And so um, that my mindset was just, uh, you know, just that I would try to keep as healthy as I could for as long as I could. I, I didn't think I had very long. Um, when, but, when did you cross paths with Stephen Settlemeyer and his water? Well, right about that time. Because my wife had uh, crossed paths with another lady who was buying the water uh, for her mother and told us about Steve. My wife, being a very dominating lady, and in charge of me, which is a good thing, I guess. But uh, she told me that uh, she said, we're going to go by and meet Steve, and uh, you're going to drink this water. At the time, I just, I really didn't think that uh, water could do anything like that, uh, that it was going to help me. But, um, Steve, I uh, met Steve and, uh, you know, he took me out to his garage at the time, showed me the whole, uh, looked like, uh, the nutty professor. And, uh, it was kind of, kind of quite a sight to see all the, uh, uh, the water set up that he had. And then the final product dripping, uh, you know, after all these, uh, all these different machines that uh, the water was going through. And so I uh, started drinking the water. And about three months later, they took my blood again and noticed that um, my kidneys and my liver had uh, made a uh, quite a dramatic turnaround without any way of uh, explaining it. How and much water said, were you I, drinking, I don't know Ralph? What you're doing, How many bottles a day? Doing. How many bottles a day? I would drink probably a half a gallon to a gallon a day is what I was drinking. And so finally, after about eight months, I was completely uh, back to normal. Everything was back to normal. And 
And so uh, I, I let uh, the secret out to my doctors what uh, I'd been doing, and uh, they invited Steve to come by and, and uh, give a little bit of a presentation because uh, medically they uh, had never seen that. So it was it was uh, quite a you know it was quite a, a neat thing for my family to experience. I'll bet. What about the, the, your colleagues at the INL? Uh, how many of them are still living? How many of them were put on this water regimen? None of them, as far as I know, were put on. This wasn't done through the government. This was this was just done through me. The government. Uh, our con, our uh, employer, we caught them falsifying our doses, and so um, they pretty much got away from having any responsibility for it at all. Basically, said that we caught the flu. Uh, those, you know, the uh, acute radiation syndrome symptoms were the flu. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, I, there yeah, must yeah. have been a, a huge. <laughs> class uh, action lawsuit here. Well, that's a, uh, a ten thousand uh, page novel by itself. Richard. No, no question. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to do another show on that. But did 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 you, do you know the status of any of your colleagues' health? Well, one of the guys that uh, was standing next to me, uh, and the reason why I don't know is because they fired me. I uh, asked them. I started asking them for uh, medical and radiological information on me and uh they would not give it and and i finally confronted them about uh what i had caught them doing and uh they just fired me uh okay so, so you lost contact with your colleagues don't have any, I don't, what was that you lost contact with your colleagues right right okay. there was one of them that was having a lot of respiratory issues um one of the guys contacted me. One of the um, uh, sixteen contacted me because he had uh, he had three miscarriages, and uh, after having three perfect kids, they had three miscarriages. He was told that he didn't get any kind of a dose. All right, um, now um, because we're running up against the uh, the end of the show here. Uh, okay. So, Ralph, you're you're like you're still drinking the water, but you're fully on the mend, full liver and kidney function. And what about the yes. bone marrow? Um, the bone marrow, I'd have to get another uh, bone marrow biopsy to uh, check it. But all of the blood markers that are connected to the bone marrow are are right where they should be. This fantastic. Along news. with yes, the perfect functioning. Uh, Kidneys and liver. That is that's terrific. Uh, Stephen, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. So, are you still producing this out of your garage? No, no. We've moved into. Actually, this is our second building, a commercial building now. We've raised some money with the help of some friends, and we are continuing to increase the production of this. Our total goal is to be able to make factories in a box where we build these in the shipping containers. We ship the containers to a city, open them up, and we start producing the water right there in the city. So to sort of decentralize it so every city would have its own living water supply, manufacturing um, uh, plant. 
Yes, I want everyone in the world to be able to have this right in their backyard. This is pretty exciting stuff. We're going to have to do this again. We're going to do a two-hour show on this. It's not enough time. But, Stephen, this has been absolutely fascinating. And, again, it's DaviniaWater.com, DaviniaWater.com. Ralph, thank you for telling your story. This is amazing news, and I'm so happy to hear that you're on The Rebound. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard, thank you. very much. All right, Stephen Settlemeyer, DaviniaWater.com, and Ralph Stanton, a U.S. Air Force veteran and uh was exposed to plutonium and now seems to be fully on the mend. All right, my thanks to Ian Robertson back. Oh, wait a minute. No, we've got another hour to go. <laughs> we have Rosemary Ellen Guiley on the other side. Stay with us on The Conspiracy Show.